Welcome back, everybody, to the That God podcast, and we are continuing our discussion on the gifts of the Spirit. And today, we are going to be talking about prophecy, and and if we have time, we'll also get into the gift of discerning spirits, but um, something tells me that probably will... <laughs> I don't see that happening. <laughs> that will probably have to be on the next one. Hmm. But before we get started, I want to kind of hijack this session and kind of go back a couple of podcasts and we were talking about the gift of knowledge. And Judy, you had asked me if I'd ever experienced the gift of knowledge. Right. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I've experienced the Holy Spirit certainly prompting me and, and obeying in a lot of different ways. But, you know, sometimes you're always, there's always somebody that's the last to know. Mm-hmm. And so they're, you're looking at them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was actually asking my wife, Cheryl, I said, have you ever, you know, do you think I've experienced like uh, the, the gift of knowledge? She goes, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so you were adamant about building a salon in one of our garage bays. So mm-hmm. give you a little history. Uh, my wife has owned a hair salon in another town mm-hmm. 20, 25 minutes away for 20 something years. Yeah. yeah. And it has, uh, it had six chairs, six booths three or four shampoo chairs, a waxing room, a waiting area. It was a pretty good size. Pretty good size. Yeah, you guys had both been there. And yeah. uh, early on, for many years, it was like she had six full-time employees and, you know, it was a, a booming place. Well, as the years go by, people retire, yada, yada. And she was down to one full-time employee and one part-time employee. And then the full-time employee broke her leg badly in a ski incident. So now it's just her and a part-time employee. And so I'm like, uh, there's just something like burned inside me. It's like, okay, we have got to get you out of there. Let's convert one of our garage bays into a hair salon. And she's like, um, you know, I wasn't really feeling the need to like do that, but you had this burning desire to like do this. And so that's what summer of 2019 was all about, putting this uh, this hair salon together in our, in our, in our garage bay. Well, we moved her out of that place around, I want to say it's probably New Year or yeah, New Year's Eve, 2019. And we opened for business in the garage probably around January 2nd or 3rd, 2020. Well, what happened a couple months later? <laughs> yeah, yeah. COVID, right? Awesome. So she was not a strip club or a uh, an alcohol store. And so she wasn't essential. And so... She would have been shut down, right? <laughs> so, but had had she stayed there, had we stayed there, all the rent would have continued mm-hmm. being due, being due, being due with no income coming in. Right. Doors are, you know, shut. It would have been disastrous. Would have been disastrous. So why did I have that burning desire? That was to a do word that? of knowledge. Amen. Dear right. Dave. Amen. Right. So I want to tell you about this other guy that I know. Both my daughters are adopted. My youngest daughter is adopted from Romania. I went over there in 1991, and she was six months old. Mm -hmm. And the stories I could tell (laughs) when I was over there uh, would blow your mind of how the Holy Spirit protected me, led me, all these different things, and uh, led me to her and all these great stories and everything. But we're going to skip ahead about 20-something years. And 2014, she is very interested all of a sudden in finding her family. And so she's inquiring online and 
And anyway, finds her family and through Facebook, they begin chatting. And it's like, we want to meet you and, you know, can you come over here and all this kind of stuff. So in 2014, it's like, let's do it. And so we went over there and met them all. And man, it was incredible. Um, Retracing my steps and things like that was just, man, it it was an emotional time, as you can imagine. I may have cried. I don't know. Maybe. Probably. Probably. I know you <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and at some point, Dave, you need to share that story. Yeah, well. Because that story is totally representative of exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Holy Spirit led you on that whole entire oh journey yeah. Yeah. from the moment you got off the airplane. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we have a great visit in 2014. In 2016, we go back again. She... she Loves her family, and it's just been a great time meeting them and everything. Great connection, obviously. And so um, we're over there, and I'm at her brother's apartment, and there's this guy that's working on his computer. And so anyway, this guy is kind of working on it, and but I noticed he's like speaking like really good English. So I'm intrigued, and so I start talking to him because most people that we're with, like her family, there's a couple that speak fairly good English, but there's a lot of sign language and a lot of <laughs> things like that Gestures. are going on. Too. Yes. <laughs> but we can, we can definitely communicate with them. But anyway, this guy is like fluent English and it's like, man, you know, I'm very intrigued by him. Find out his, his name is Abram and it's like, well, how'd you get here? And uh, do you live close by? And he goes, no, I live up in Dej, which is like nine, 10 miles to the north which is about 75 miles from the Ukraine border, just to give you a perspective of where they're at. So pretty far up, pretty far north up in, in Romania is where we're at. So no, he, I, I rode my bike here and I noticed that he is also disabled. He's got a leg that's like not functioning normally type thing. And so I'm wondering, it's like, he's riding a bike and this is like his normal mode of transportation, either that or he hitchhikes, which can take, Again, hours, you know, to to do that as well. And so I get this word, um, Dave, you're supposed to buy this guy a bike. And I'm like, what? Like a motorcycle bike or a 10 speed? No, I'm thinking, I'm just, he needs a new bicycle is what I'm thinking, you know. I don't know where to get a bike, you know. I'm I'm hearing this thing and I'm like, I don't don't know what to do with this. And so, but I'm, I'm intrigued by this guy. Anyway, so we leave, and I have to leave like the next day or two days, and so I'm running out of Romanian money, and I don't really have it to, to spend for a bike. I don't know what a bike cost over there, you know. Right. So I'm, now I'm home, and but I'm still being told I need to buy this guy a bike. So I contact her brother on Facebook, and I say, hey, that guy, that Abram guy, um, how do we get a hold of him? He goes, well, he's on Facebook too. It's like, oh, okay, cool. You know, what's his mm-hmm. last name? I'll look him up, and... So I contact him, and and he remembered me. You don't have too many Americans, apparently, you know, walking through the apartments. <laughs> and uh, I say, hey, uh, well, God's telling me I'm supposed to buy you a bike. And he's like, it was like an answer to prayer. And I found that this guy is a Christian, which in Romania is amazing. Yeah. So the conversation just, you know, takes off from there. And I'm, and I'm more intrigued, like, well, what do you, you know, what do you need? Talk, tell me about the bike that you have, the bike that you need. And he's like, well, it's, it's getting harder and harder to ride a bike. 
I'm going to go back. He was born in 1973, so he just turned 50 just the other day. And uh, at this time, he's about 40. He grew up in an orphanage, and that's how he met my, my daughter's brother. Both uh, her brother and her daughter were put in orphanages as well. And, and she was about to go into one when, when I met her. So he was born in an orphanage, and he was born with a disability. So if you can imagine, you may have seen pictures of kids where basically their knee is hinged backwards. His knee would actually bend up forward, and he could rest his foot on his lap. I don't know what kind of surgeons they had in a communist country, you know, that would work yeah. on orphan kids, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but they did the best they could, and they were able to get his knee turned around and, and things like that. But he, his leg is obviously shorter, doesn't work as well, right. and things like that. Well, in Romania, when you're 18, you're then removed from the orphanage, and you're on your own. Most people would learn a skill and do whatever they could, you know, to earn a living. Well, in Romania, if you are disabled, nobody wants you. There's no American Disabilities Act and yeah. things like that yeah. in Romania. And so uh, there's really no hope. Immediately after he left the orphanage, he and a group of other kids lived a couple years in the sewers. And so he's telling me that. I'm going, okay, now sewer, what does sewer mean to you? Because I have a vision of what a sewer is. And he goes, no, it's a sewer. It's exactly what you think it is. It's like, oh, okay. And that's that's how he was living. I found that he was living in an apartment that would have been condemned here in the U.S. 20 years ago type thing. Mold all over the walls. No heat. No bedding. No, I mean, just squalor. That's That's the conditions he was living in. Now, so if the Holy Spirit had told me early on, this is the full plan that I have for you that I want you to do for Abram, I would have said, that's too big. No way. Yeah. That's, mm -hmm. uh, so the Holy Spirit planted the seed that I just need to buy a bike. And it grew from there. Yeah. So we get talking about his bike. What do you need? Well, he really needs a scooter, you know, mm -hmm. uh, not a motorcycle because he would have to get a license and, and all this kind of stuff. But a scooter, he could he could ride on the side of the road. So it's OK, but he couldn't afford gas is super expensive there. I just looked this morning and it's running probably about 550 a gallon U.S. dollars per gallon of gas. And um, uh, well, when you're disabled and you have no income, you have nothing, you're, you can't afford gas. Yeah, and so it's like, oh well, let's let's see if we can get you an electric scooter. Well, I find one. Is this current day? Like 2014. Oh, 16. gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I find one, and I can't remember if it was Germany or Hungary or something like that, and I have it shipped into you know where he's at. So as you can imagine, it's thousands of dollars. But by this time, it's like, I love this guy, and his entire life has been horrible. And I have a chance to make it better. So, as we 
progress with this relationship. Now, the great thing about Messenger is you can call people. So we, we're talking all the time. He's showing me, like, pictures of his apartment. He's walking around his apartment. He's, he's showing me pictures, and I'm just like, oh, I can't believe you live. somebody lives like this. So anyway, I, I learned that he didn't even have a bed, so we got to get him a bed. Winters in Romania. Um, remember that for that far north, <laughs> um, it's cold. He's got no heat. I, I bought him a you know like a minus thirty, forty degree sleeping bag and and things like that. And I, if I remember right, I brought a a heater for him. But then the problem is he has he has heat gas. It's a, you know a gas heater. But then you've got fumes, and so he has to keep the windows open. Just so he doesn't asphyxiate, you know, mm -hmm. type thing. Y you can't win. Mm -hmm. And so I'm asking, like, well, how do you get, you know, you don't rent apartments. You have to buy apartments there. And so, like, what is a, what would it cost to, to buy an apartment to get you out of this place? Well, it's dollars $20, $25,000. It's like, I, I, I don't know. How, how do we remodel the one you have, you know? And then you realize that, like, this whole building is should be condemned. And so if you make the walls nice, they're just going to eat away on the other side. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's just not good. So years are going by, if you will, and I'm helping him out how, however I can. And and he writes me every single day. You know, he wrote me this morning. He, every single day he writes me and just is thanking me. And he's praying for me. He's praying for my family. He's praying for my kids. He, he's, he's a prayer warrior. And just a, a real blessing to have around. And just, I, I, I can't believe it. So about a year ago, and we're thinking winter's coming up again, you know, and it's like, how is he going to, and he always has, uh, like a kidney disease that, that kicks up during the winter. It's like, I think he's freezing to death. That's what I, it was what I think is going on. And uh, his body's like shutting down. And it's a struggle, you know, really for him to stay alive during the winter times. And more and more, I'm thinking we got to get him out of there. But I don't have $25,000 to, yeah. to do that. And uh, so he, uh, he tells me one day, he goes, hey, I have a friend who is taking a job in Germany and he has this apartment that he's willing to let me have for $13,000. And I'm thinking, that's a scream. And he showed me pictures of it. And it's like, well, that's a screaming deal. But it's $13,000. Mm -hmm. Now, I got laid off from a job in 2020. And so my income isn't coming in like, like it used to, for sure, you know. But we're praying about it, and it's like there's never going to be another opportunity for him to have a place like this. And we're asking him all kinds of questions like, all right, is this a legitimate sale? Are mm -hmm. you really taking possession of this? It's a real estate contract, and he's showing me that you know, it's like you and I would go, like, we're buying a prop, piece of property. Yeah. So it's like, wow, that's awesome. So, well, let's do it. I said, tell you what, Avram, I have 
that I can give you. I said, 13, I said, we're, we'll have to figure that out. And the guy was willing to carry like a contract for the remaining for like a year. We'll have to figure it out. Maybe there's things you can sell from your other apartment that we bought you, like that heater and a, a dehumidifier and all these different things. And I don't know. So that's what we did. And a year comes around and, uh, and so he still didn't have it, obviously. And so it's like, all right, what's three more thousand? So we kicked that in and he has had a safe place to live this winter. No kidney disease and things like that. Hmm. Now he had, he had a heart attack at the first part of this winter. That story is just insane. How he is alive, I, I do not know. But he is, and and he struggles. He has days where there's when the weather changes and things like that. Um, it just does not do well for him. Things are super expensive back there, super expensive, and we don't have the cash that, that we used to have. One of Cheryl's clients pitched in and gave him several thousand dollars recently, which has helped dramatically. You know, it's just a, a, an answer to prayer. But I'm saying all this just to let you know that this is like a lifelong commitment. And mm -hmm. I had no idea I thought I was just supposed to buy him a bike, hmm. but this has certainly had a major impact on my life, and and I'm just so grateful that he, that he's in it, and uh, I can't imagine anything else. And so, word of knowledge: you love like Jesus. You are Jesus loving this man. Wow. You're. Talk about being a portal, boy. Exactly. Sometimes word of knowledge is a, for lack of better terminology, a one and done, if you will. Uh, whether it's for yourself uh, in a given situation or whether it's for someone else in a, in a given situation, a word of knowledge is an opening, just as Judy said, that it's, it's a portal, it's a gateway, if you will, to the goodness of God, the ability, giving God the ability to release who he is or glory into somebody's life. Um, sometimes your, your story is absolutely amazing. That's, that's just a, a powerful testimony. Uh, I myself have never experienced it, a word of knowledge to that extent. But to open yourself, and that, that's causing me to think back and, and, okay, next time around, you know, do I open myself up a little bit more? Do I allow God to continue speaking that word in me for someone else or for a given situation or circumstance? It's, it's a, your story, your testimony is, is a challenge for me. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. But what, a, what so, an opportunity or a, a gateway for God just to continue to be glorified. Oh my gosh. The love that you are showing, Abram, yeah. is the type of love that is the love that God has for us. Amen. Every one of us. And <clears throat> you gave, you were willing, you and Cheryl were willing to give your resources. And this man now has a, an experience, a touch of hope. Mm -hmm. and love and 
Yeah. I, oh my gosh. It, it's it, thank you, Judy, because that's so true. It's the demonstration of the sacrifice, if you will, mm-hmm. that Jesus has given for us. In that, hey, being unemployed, I get that, you know, and, right. and I'm retired now, and my income in monthly income and it isn't near <laughs> it's you know it's 90 percent of what it used to be let me put it that way right, right and and so learning to live off of that so that sacrifice of of a large sum of money like that is that's a heart thing that's a that's a choice that's a total heart thing and and god recognizes that but what a demonstration um yeah i I'm that verse, away. they say that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Yeah. We know where your heart is, Dave. Yeah. Well, you know, money is just is just a thing. God will provide. Yeah. You know, that's what we stand on. Yeah. And it's like, all right, God, we we definitely had plans for that money. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Don't don't we all? <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, God can provide. If that's still what we were supposed to spend money on, then that money's going to show up, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. He is not one that's going to take us out into the desert and leave us providing for us as we wander through our own wilderness. He is one who will see us into the promised land, whatever that looks like. But there is a stipulation. I'm sorry, folks, there's always a condition. And that is one that we're obedient to what he's asking us mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. yeah. And two, in that obedience, are we willing to sacrifice? And that's that's mm-hmm. that's the ultimate de- demonstration is just that willingness to be able to sacrifice. Well, and I mean, from my point of view, being willing to be obedient through the whole process. Yeah. It yeah. has just been incredible. I would never have had this experience, if I had just said, all right, here's um, $60 to buy you a new bike, you know, uh, or whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's been life-changing. It really has been life-changing and, uh, and it's just being willing to be obedient and uh, to go the whole way. Cause like I said, if I had been told early on, like, Hey, Right. This I know this. I know you don't do. know this guy. <laughs> this is what you're going to be doing. <laughs> but he's going to cost you, you know, right. tens of thousands of dollars over the rest of your lifetime. It's like, what? Yeah. Are you crazy? You want me to do what? <laughs> exactly. And uh, and, and um, you made the comment that it's just money. I read an article this weekend on a from a financial individual who's a believer, and the uh, article was titled "Money's Everything." And then he opens up his first sentences. I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but he, he goes through the process of we, we have to have money for a place to live. You have to have money for food to eat. You have to have money for clothes to wear. You have to have money to put shoes on your feet. You have to have money to, for transportation. You have to have money for education. Mm-hmm. And the list just went on and on and on and all of the things that you think about. And, you know, it's just money. But without it, we cannot function. It's demonstrated by the story of Abram that you're telling us that it just life is extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of of Christians get in a tangle about uh, even discussing about money. But money is to be used 
for the things that are necessary for individuals to be able to, to succeed in life, whether it's just living from day to day or, or whatever the case may be. So, um, yeah, it's just money, but it is a necessity. Yeah. It, it's, it covers the things that get us through life and, oh, and make it a little easier. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Yeah. I think this is a word of knowledge, part three. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we'll hit prophecy the next session. <laughs> yeah, I think I pretty much stole the entire uh, this entire show here. So yeah, but what a story! Thank you, dude. What a story! Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the That's God podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys got something out of that. Man, just being obedient to the Holy Spirit is what an opportunity it provides for you just to be willing to do that is, will change your life I can Amen. increase I can your faith you. mm-hmm. yep, yep. so thanks everybody we will catch prophecy on the very next one I promise and uh, we'll see you there bye bye mm-hmm.